Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we come before you this evening. We ask that you guide us through your word. We ask that through your word you make Jesus real and the Holy Spirit accessible to all that we are and do. We trust you, my Father. We ask you to take the glory and we thank you for today. We commit today into your hands and we ask for your guidance. We ask for your strength and we ask for your wisdom. We really appreciate you, Father. We commit each person joining, whether by podcast or online this evening, and we ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pick up from where we left off last week. Last week, we were talking about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. So, we'll wrap this up today, and then we'll step into something new, um, starting from next week, Monday. Um, we'll wrap this up. But we'll wrap this up today. And today, also, there will be quite a bit of time for your questions. So, if you have questions, pop them into the chat I do have some of them that I've saved from previous meetings. And so we can start there um, in a few minutes, but let's begin. And so what we were looking at last week, we were looking at hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we said quite a lot. And like I said, you can go back and you can listen to last week's sessions um, on the, a variety of podcast channels. And so ladies and gentlemen, so we spoke last week about belief, prayer, asking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit when you want to hear his voice and God honoring that. And I think if I, if I just tie it together, the last thing we spoke about last week was that when God wants to speak to you, he will speak to you primarily through the medium of his word. Um, that's how he will do it. The Holy Ghost will bring the word alive in many other ways. And so we're going to look at a few other things tonight that will help us hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, realizing that we cannot do whatever we need to do next without him. And so we'll focus on that. Um, and so the next thing um, we'll look at is time. And so ladies and gentlemen, can you turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Mark, chapter one, and we'll going to go to verse 35 um we're going to go to verse 35 and this is speaking about jesus so i'll read from verse 31 um where jesus enters simon peter's house and i'll pick it up from there to drive home this point um or to make this point not so much to drive home this point um so marks 1 verse 30 that's where we're going to start and the Bible, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following. But Simon's wife, Simon's wife's mother, lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Verse 32. And at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were distressed, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Verse 35 is our focus. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And I'll read on to 39. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. When they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in verse 39. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Ladies and gentlemen, this example is quite key. Jesus had a really busy but really successful 
time of ministry. And he had done a great deal. And it's one of the first recorded um, elements of ministry that he, we see in the Bible, which is of, of Jesus Christ, we see in the Bible, which is fine. But verse 35 is key. And so when hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, one of the one thing that Jesus did that I will encourage you to do is this verse 35. And the Bible says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And so what key are we looking at? The element of time. You have to give the Holy Spirit time. You have to give God time to speak to you. So it's not always going to be in between your cornflakes and the taxi or in between your cornflakes and the tube. You're talking to God and he will answer. He does. God's merciful. But give God time. The Bible said Jesus rises up a great while before day. Now, it, the reason this story is important is what happens afterwards. When Simon Peter and everybody and comes out and finds him, he says, public opinion is on your side. Everybody wants you to stay. Everybody wants you. Your, your ministry is accepted. They just want you to stay here. Now, that could be very tempting if Jesus didn't know what he was here for. But obviously, in the time that he had prayed and spoken to God, God had told him and reiterated that, listen, this is where I want you to go. You are sent to the entirety of Israel. So although the accolade here is high, move on. Now, this is something that I think really helps us. Hearing the voice of God requires time. Why, did, why was Jesus able to do that? He was able to do that because he gave God time. And notice there are two elements in time. He prayed. Now, this is something that we also want to hold on to, and it's this, God answers prayer, but you've got to give God time. So after you've said everything that you want to say, stop and give God time, spend time in his presence. You don't necessarily, don't dash off. And that's why when you're reading the Bible, especially when you spend time, um, in your quiet time and your quiet time consists of a time of times of prayer times of bible study times of requests times of worship things that really build up you'll realize that in the midst of those things god will start speaking and hearing the voice of the holy spirit it becomes easier when you give god time two scriptures come to um come to mind and, and so please turn with me I'm going to go to Isaiah 40, verse 31. So Isaiah 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. The Bible says the following. Um, actually, I'll read from 28, just to give full context. The Bible says the following. Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not and is neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, it's a beautiful verse of scripture. Notice the key. The key is in verse 31. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. Think about to give you an example, when you're, think of what a waiter does. A waiter that is assigned to you, your table, or a waiter that is assigned to you at an event or someone that's assigned to take care of you, they will just stand near you until you have a need. And you say, okay, I would like water. They'll go off and they'll get it. 
I would like my first course, they'll go off and they'll get it. I'll, I'll like my main course, they'll go off and get it. But notice they are constant, or a good one at least, they are consistently paying attention to you. So when the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord, it's paying attention to the Lord, listening, being sensitive to what he wants to say. And then doing, we spoke about this last week, actually doing what he says, believing the nudges. So when the Holy Spirit says, read this area of scripture, and all of a sudden it, it comes alive. And so you begin to realize when you're going to hear the voice of God, give God time. Jesus's example is great. He didn't choose a time when there was a lot of hustle and bustle. He went to go and went to be with God early before the day started. And that's something that I would recommend to all of us, that before your day gets busy, find time for the Lord. It's very difficult to do this sometimes in the middle of your day or at the end of your day when you're very exhausted. Give God time, quality time. And you realize that all of a sudden, then you will begin to hear God's voice because you stopped and turned to the Lord to hear what he wants to say. So that's 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 the, the first thing we'll look at. And that will take us to our declaration and then we'll go from there. But so give God time. When you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, give him time. When you ask God something, give him time to answer. And this is, we'll tie this together after our um, declaration and, our, and we'll keep this in mind, is that God answers prayers we can't say it enough when you pray god will answer and he will answer in a way that you will be able to recognize and verify that this is god speaking okay ladies and gentlemen it's 7 14 let's take our declaration and the bible says the following or let's say this together oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now let's make our declaration. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And wherever you are in the world, that will hold sway. And so the first thing we wanted to look at tonight was hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in simple terms, give God time, give God time. Now notice what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 31. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will be encouraged. They shall run and not be weary. They'll be motivated to do things. They shall walk and not faint. They will not give up. Now, let's put that against one more scripture so we understand that this is what, what the Lord is saying, and then we'll go from there. Turn with me, please, to Proverbs 4, and I'm going to read from 20. So Proverbs 4. 20 to 23 and then we'll move on to the next thing the bible says my son attend to my words incline thine ear unto my saints let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thy heart for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Pay attention to me. That means shut out everything else and pay attention to me. And so we begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that as we do so, the Bible says strength will come. Life will come. God will motivate you. And the best way to start your day is with the word of God, where the Lord speaks through his word to you, or he speaks directly to your heart. Um, so that's keep, so give God time. Let's quickly move on. So the second thing 
that we're going to look at is this. Now, hearing the voice of God, we did say that one of the things that we can do so that we hear the Holy Spirit is send a message to God that his words carry weight with us. And one of the ways we, do, we send this message is to literally, when the Holy Spirit asks us to do something, obey. We've spoken about this, but we'll reiterate it here for now. Um, keep this in mind. So listen to what Jesus says. And it's something that I think we miss. Remember, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are with you. And so this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, Jesus says that beautifully. It says, and I'll go on to verse 23. And Jesus says, um, and Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now that sounds great. Jesus says manifest. Manifest means to make clear. Um, to make one's abode with means God will dwell, literally dwell with you. It's one of the most beautiful things. But the best way to explain that, ladies and gentlemen, is from another very, very practical example. That is John 14, 21 and 23 let me put that in the chat john 14 21 and 23 and what we're saying is hearing the voice of god when you do what god says he'll show up now let's have a look at a practical example of where that happened and that it's one of the things so it will drive this home and then we'll move on to the next thing um, because like I said, today we'll, we'll cover your, so if you have any questions about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he wants to do and stuff like that, or anything that we haven't answered, pop it into the chat. I've got some, and we'll answer the, um, as many as we can today, but let's have a look at the example of obedience. Listen to what God says. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. God has come to Abraham, very famous verse, and I'm going to pick up the narrative from verse 17 genesis 18 verse 17 to 19 okay listen to what the lord says and the lord said shall i hide from abraham that thing which i do seeing that abraham sh shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him verse 19 listen to what god says about abraham for i know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. The Lord says, because Abraham does what I say, I will share my plans with him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, do what he says. It creates a channel where more and more and more of him is granted to you. Once you realize that the word of God is precious to you or you do what he says, the Lord brings more and more. The Bible says, God says, I will tell Abraham what I'm doing because he keeps my... Um, because he keeps my word. Um, okay. Oh, great question. That's a very good question. And I will pick that up in a minute. Um, and so notice God says, because Abraham obeys me, God comes to Abraham. God initiates the conversation and God creates the entire atmosphere. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, once you keep my word when you do what i say when you act on what the bible says what i've told you the bible says i will tell you more and so it's a great that's one of the great motivators to hearing the voice of the holy spirit just do what the holy spirit says 
And the more you keep, the more you obey God's word and the more you stay focused on God's ways, doing what he says so that you bring him pleasure, he will tell you more and more and more. So ladies and gentlemen, that's two things. So we've talked about time just to stay practical. We've talked about doing what the Lord says. Now, I'm going to pick up this question because it's a great place to do so. Um, this is the question. Um, it says, to wait upon the Lord, does it mean fasting and prayer only? Please explain what it means to wait upon the Lord. Okay, waiting upon the Lord. So let's think about it. Let's use the example of a waiter. And then we'll, we'll look at a couple of examples. Think of a waiter. When a waiter is serving you, what does he listen for? He listens for what you want at that particular time. You may want water. You may want salt. You may want the bill. You may want to know where the bathroom is. You may want your main course. You may want your starter. You may want extra bread. You may want a napkin. Notice the a waiter listens for what you want and gives it to you, and then he is successful in his job. Now think about that. So when it when the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord, prayer and fasting helps. Spending time in prayer and spending time in fasting, it helps because it allows you to focus on the Lord. Sometimes when we come to the Lord in prayer, notice we are not asking God, and I'm going to use the Genesis 18 to explain this. We are not just asking God for our needs. We are saying to the Lord, what matters to you that we can pray about? So when we come into the presence of the Lord, we are asking the Lord, Lord, what matters to you first? That's what it means to wait on the Lord. So it's like we are sensitive to say, Lord, I know I've come and I have a long list of things to tell you. But if I sense that, oh, Lord, you want me to pray for somebody else or you want me to read a particular scripture or you want me to listen to a particular song because you have it in mind, that's what I will do. So you're paying attention. So let's have a look at a couple of examples. So praying and fasting, yes, part of it. But waiting on the Lord is actually being sensitive, that listening to the Lord about what matters to him, what does he need to hear. Um, let me give you an example. Genesis 18, exactly where we were. After the Lord finishes speaking, Let's go to Genesis 18, verse 20. Now, no, notice, God has come to Abraham. He has told Abraham, by the time I come back, this time next year, you will have a child. But then he says, let me reveal to Abraham what I'm going to do. And so he tells Abraham, and this is how the story goes. I'll go from verse 20. Genesis 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. Verse 22. And the men, those were the angels that were with the Lord, turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. Notice verse 22. This is a really key phrase. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So basically he stood in front of God and he then begins to plead for mercy. Listen very carefully. And I'm, I'm going to switch to the Bible in basic English so that it's clearer. Um, so it's clearer for everybody. That's great. So Genesis 18 verse 24, I'll read from 23 for clarity. And Abraham came near and said, will you let destruction come on the upright with the sinners? If by chance there are 50 upright men in the town, will you give the place to destruction and not have mercy on it because of the 50 upright men? Verse 25, let such a thing be far from you to put the upright to death with the sinner Will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the, this is the, then the Lord responds. 
And the Lord said, if there are 50 upright men in the town, I will have mercy on it because of them. And Abraham answering said, truly, I who am only dust have undertaken to put my thoughts before the Lord. If by chance there are five less than 50 upright men, will you give up all the town to destruction because of these five? And he said, I will not give it to destruction if there are 45. And again, he said to him, by chance, there may be 40 there. And he said, I will not do it if there are 40. And he said, let not the Lord be angry with me. If I say, if I say, what if there are 30 there? And he said, I will not do it if there are 30. And he said, see, now I have undertaken to put my thoughts before the Lord. What if there are 20 there? And he said, I will have mercy because of the 20. And he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will say only one word more. By chance, there may be 10 there. And he said, I will have mercy because of the 10. Verse 33 is key. And the Bible says, and the Lord went on his way when his talk with Abraham was ended and Abraham went back to his place. When the Bible says, and the Lord went on his way, the Bible actually means the Lord went back to heaven. He didn't go on to Sodom and Gomorrah because somebody had taken the opportunity to ask for mercy. Now, pause for a moment. This is what it means to wait on the Lord. It's to be sensitive enough to realize that when you are in God's presence, God's needs are paramount, not our needs. God has already met Abraham's deepest desire. He's already said, what you're praying about, I will sort out. But the prayer for mercy, where Abraham willingly intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah, that is because he was sensitive. And notice, the Lord just told him, this is what I'm going to do. And the Bible says, Abraham stood in God's way. That's what it means to stand in front of God and say, Lord, this is what I know of you. Will you not do it this way? And that's what a prayer for mercy is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, waiting on the Lord is being sensitive to say, Lord, this is what you want or giving the Lord, coming before the Lord with what we call a blank slate, that Lord, this time is yours. Whatever you want to do with it, go ahead and do. And so Abraham realizes this is what the Lord wants. And the prayer for mercy is listed. And the Bible says, and I'm going to read verse 33. And I'm going to read it in the king james version and the bible says and the lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with abraham and abraham returned unto his place notice the angels went on to sodom and gomorrah the lord did not go if he had gone he would have had to judge them because he's holy but because somebody had asked for mercy the lord went back and allowed mercy to play out that's what it means to wait upon the Lord. It's to be sensitive to say, Lord, what do you want? Now, let me read the Lord's prayer to you. So you realize this is something Jesus wants us to do when we come into the place of prayer. So remember, this is how Jesus prayed. Matthew chapter six, and I'm going to go with Matthew's version. Matthew six, please come with me to verse nine, and we will go on from here um matthew 6 and i'm going to read from verse 9 very good answer so we stay in this this is what someone put into the chat so we stay in his presence till the spirit reveals what the lord wants us to pray about the answer is yes listen to the lord's prayer actually before i read the lord's prayer let me it's, it's in matthew 6 verses 9 to 13 but it is also in Luke 1, verses 1 to 13. And I'll go with Luke uh, because I want to drive home um, Luke 11. 
reading from verses one, I will use Luke's version simply because I want to, this was, it drives some a point. Luke 11 verse one says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Verse three, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pause. Notice how he breaks the prayer into two that when you come, and this is key, this is how Jesus prayed, okay? So what that means is he's saying, this is how I pray. This is how I pray. And the reason they asked him teach us to pray is because they've seen how successful his prayer life is. And he said, this is how you pray. And he says, first, start with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. Meaning when you start in the place of prayer, the best way to start your prayers is to say, God, what do you want to pray about? Notice what he says. He said, start, our father, you're focused on God, who art in heaven. Then he says, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means kept holy. So you focus on God before I even start praying. What have you said about yourself that I should pay attention to? Then he says, your kingdom come. That means what do you want done? God's power and ability. What have you made available? What have you legislated? What have you said should happen? Then he says, this is the key phrase thy will be done as it is in heaven let it be done in earth so before i even start praying let me lay the ground rules that god your needs are most important because your needs will completely cover mine and i know i will be taken care of then the bible says go into specifics so when we come into the place of prayer and to I'll give you one more graphic example. I think this is a really good question. One more graphic example. When you come into the place of prayer, your focus is, although I have a list of needs, Lord, you may say something that will change everything. You may point me to a point of scripture. You will open up a story. You may speak a word of prophecy to my heart. You will encourage me to do something that will allow you to bless me in a unique way. So when we come in, so this is what waiting on the Lord is. Waiting on the Lord is being sensitive to say, God, this is what you want me to do. This is what you want me to do. And believe me, it's it brings remarkable blessings. Absolutely remarkable blessings, remarkable blessings. The Lord, it's it's one of those very humbling things about listening to the Holy Spirit. Remarkable blessings. It triggers things. And so the last thing I'll, I'll point this point out here is this is a scripture we've looked at, ladies and gentlemen, waiting on the Lord, Acts chapter 13, reading from verses one to four. Acts 13, reading from verses one to four. And think about it. Acts 13. Read from verses one to four. The Bible says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Verse two, and as they ministered 
to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And the Bible says, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away and the, the rest is history. Pause. What does that look like? I'll give you an example. There's some, um, it can be worship where from the place of worship, God speaks. It can be reading a scripture and the Lord then amplifying things that you've never thought about, things that, that you've never really thought about. And he will open up scripture and when he does so, he'll bring you peace. These are the things that we're talking about. So when you're ministering to the Lord, it's paying attention to the Lord. One of the ways is worship. So it's not just prayer and fasting. Worship is you're ministering to the Lord, whereby you are focused on the Lord. You're not asking him to do anything. You're focused on him. And different songs do that. And it's not, there's no, it's not a formula. It depends on what the Holy Ghost wants. But if you think about the current playlist out there, Maverick City Worship, hey, there's something about their worship that attracts the attention of God. That's what, that's what they are currently. Some of the amazing old ones, um, to him who sits on the throne, whereby you're not there to ask for anything. You're just there to love on God, whereby you're paying him attention. You're celebrating who he is. You're just spending time in his presence. In those kind of places, you realize God speaks. And he can do it. So those that, that when you say minister to the Lord, giving to God what he wants at this particular point in time. I hope that's clear. Great question. Great question. Okay, let's have a look at one more, the last one. And I want to make this close. And then if you have any other questions, ladies and gentlemen, please pop them into the chat. I've got a couple, I think, that we haven't had a look at. We will have a look at. But let's look at the last one about hearing the voice of God. Turn with me. Let's look at... Um, I want to, let's put two things together. Um, come with me, please, to the book of Luke. Luke 24. And I'm going to read, from, well, the story is from 13 to 31. Um, so Luke 24, we're going to start at verse 13. It goes all the way down to verse 31. Um, I'll put that into the chat for your reference. Luke 24 reading from verses 13 to 31 great story it's about jesus on the road to emmaus um let me read so jesus is he has died resurrected and then he appears to two of his disciples um they're on the road to emmaus they're going from jerusalem to emmaus to where the disciples are and they tell Jesus, they don't know it's Jesus. They, they ask him, um, actually, you know what? Let me read it. It won't take too long. The Bible says the following. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score fellows. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. This is the two disciples and it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned jesus himself drew near and went with them the bible says but their eyes were holding that they should not know him that means they didn't recognize him he didn't reveal himself and the bible says and he said unto them what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad they were talking about and this is what they said and one of them whose name was cleopas answered and said Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? That means, are you just a stranger? Hast thou not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had, be, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. 
when they found not his body, they came saying that they have also seen a vision of angels, which said he was alive. Great place to realize that this is the first Easter. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now, please remember this. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all, all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is fast spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Verse 32. Listen carefully. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? Great reading. Stop to verse 32. Why did I read that? When you want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, notice what Jesus did. The Bible says he opened the scriptures. That means he made the scriptures clear to them so they understood something that they were staring at but didn't understand completely. They didn't realize. So he, what did Jesus do? He took the scriptures and he made them clear. Now, Please remember this. The Holy Spirit will do exactly what Jesus did. So that means when the Holy Spirit wants to tell you something, he will take the scriptures and he will make them clear unto you. So hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, what is he going to do? He's going to take the scriptures and he's going to show you things that you didn't know before. And believe me, the Bible is living, it's alive. Hebrews 4 verse 12. So he has a copious amount and actually an inexhaustible amount of things to tell you through sometimes the same scriptures that you've read before over and over again. And I'll give you an example. One of my favorite scriptures, when I say one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures, especially when speaking about relationships, is the book of Genesis chapter two, where the Lord starts the first family. On Sunday during the worship, and the worship on Sunday was, was something else. During the worship, the Lord opened up one verse of scripture to my heart. And it was, and I'll tell you what he said. So, just to drive this home, Genesis 2, this is Genesis 2, 23 and to 20, I'll read 23 and I'll stop at 25. The Bible says this, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. God has just created the first woman. Because she was taken out of man, verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh, verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, I wasn't thinking about this verse. The Holy Ghost dropped it in my heart. And when he dropped it into my heart, he said the following. He said, do you realize that the moment the words came out of Adam's mouth, the marriage covenant kicked in. And I thought, okay. Then he linked that to something I was speaking about with my daughters, that 
this is what happens when young men, and it happened to me, once you make a proposal to someone, the weight of the responsibility hits you like a brick and it's sometimes terrifying. And so you'll find many times some guys back off that oh, I can't handle it, can't handle it, I can't handle it. And I always wondered why. But I remember before, just before I got married, I was doing our, the graphics for our marriage program and I went through the words of the vows and it hit me like a brick that my goodness, God, this is what you're asking me to do. And the weight of it is, is serious. On Sunday, the Lord explained, the moment the words leave your mouth, heaven holds you accountable. So the weight of what you have said kicks in. And this was all on during the worship session on Sunday. I wasn't thinking about it. I'm going to have an immense amount of fun preaching it and explaining it to young men or to young people that listen, don't make proposals you cannot keep because the covenants are built with words. The moment you make a proposal, the weight of the proposal hits you because it's become a reality because God operates by words. This happened in a 15 second flash during a worship session. This is what it means. So this, what, what the Holy Ghost do? He opened up, a, and I, believe me, I've read this scripture. I've preached this scripture. I've thought about this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures, but he opens it up and he says, I want you to know this. Now I know it's important for me to know it. That means I'm going to have an amazing amount of fun teaching relationships and explain that, listen, this is what you need to do. And this is why it's so hard. And this is what you have to be careful about. And this happened in what? In a five, a 10, 15 second session of worship. Bang. And the Holy Ghost literally opened it up. I hadn't thought about it like that. That's what I mean by he will speak to you through the word of God. All you have to do is give him time. And that's why when you come into the place of prayer, it's pray like Jesus says you should pray, either by pattern or by words. Give God the opportunity to set the boundaries of your prayer times. You will see great success as Jesus saw great success through his prayer life. Um, and so great question. Again, absolutely brilliant question. So that really helps. Hopefully that, honestly, that was a really, really great question. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've pretty much covered as much. Okay. All right. Am I, yeah. Okay. We've pretty much covered as much as we can in the last four weeks about the Holy Spirit. Um, any questions? So I'm going to pause for a moment. Hopefully you've had a great time. Any questions on what we've said? I, we're not done. We have about 10 minutes. Um, I have a few questions that were asked. And I'm just going to have a look. Um, so any questions? Okay, the scripture I used was <laughs> okay your comments are humbling um the scripture i just used was genesis chapter 2 reading from verses 23 to 25 genesis 2 23 to 25 now um okay what other questions um let's cover this there were a few. Um, all right, I, we got, I, this question came through. Um, all right, that's okay. Let me pick this up. Uh, oh, great, great question. So let me pick up the questions that I, I've got in front of me. Okay, is there power in routine? The answer is 
Yes, and, I, and I'll show you why. Um, the answer is yes. It doesn't mean, now, although you have a routine, you do give the Holy Spirit freedom to break it. That means he may tell you to do something different. But let's have a look at Mark 1, verse 35. Mark 1, I think, yeah, verse 35. Um, let me, sorry, let me find. Okay, Luke, let me use, so Luke 4, verse 16. Luke 4, verse 16. Is there power in routine? The answer is yes. Luke 4, verse 16. And we're reading all the way down to verse 21. Luke 4, verse 16. The Bible says, and he came to Nazareth, this is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. That means he had a habit. It was something he did regularly. This is what Jesus did regularly. And the Bible says he stood up to read. They gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah and remember, he's just had his encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. His ministry has started. And this is what he says. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Bible says, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them were on were, that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And the Bible says, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Now, pause for a moment. Notice, Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom. The Holy Ghost takes over and that famous initiation of his ministry comes. This is key. There is power in routine because you, we actually don't know when God is going to show up, but there is power. Reason there is power in, in routine is the more you do something, especially when it is you're doing things that pertain to God. So studying your Bible, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, showing up every day, having time before the Lord every day. God's going to invade one of those times and it's going to change your life. But if you are not regular, if it's not something that is your custom, the, <laughs> the opportunity for you to be there is it's going to crumble now let me give you another example so i can we've got a couple of questions let me give you another example ecclesiastes 9 11 ecclesiastes 9 11 so let me put that into the chat really quickly ecclesiastes 9 11 sorry that's corrected that to etc ecclesiastes so let me go to Ecclesiastes 9.11, and it's, the Bible says the following, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Notice what the Bible says last, but time and chance happeneth to them all. If you are not regular at doing something, time and chance may not necessarily favor you. And so it's, you are ready, you come every day, as was your custom, but one of those times will be different. If you can use Sarah's story in 1 Samuel, she had come to Jerusalem year after year after year, but this time, time and chance favored her. 
she needed a child god needed a prophet and there was an, a major exchange and her life changes but she had a routine so do i encourage you to have a routine yes the bible says so have a routine the bible said jesus had a custom have a routine okay great question okay i'm finding it difficult to distinguish from my own thoughts and the holy spirit great question key element turning your bibles ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> we've only got two minutes we've got lo lots of lovely questions matthew 22 37 to 40 37 to 40 and jesus is speaking Thirty-seven. Okay, Jesus is speaking. Jesus said unto him, "Thou shalt love the Lord your thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind." Jesus then says, "This is the first and the great commandment." Let me pause there. Actually, no. Let me finish. And the second is like unto it: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Pause for a moment. If you find that you cannot distinguish between your thoughts and the Holy Spirit's thoughts, the problem is not God. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord, that is to sacrificially provide to God our hearts, souls, and minds to him in a way that he can use them. So as we spend time with the word of God, and as we spend time with God, understanding who he is and what he does, it changes the way our hearts, souls, and minds function. So when you spend time with God, this is also, we've already used this scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, reading from verses 20 to 23. Notice the Bible, the Bible says that you need to incline your heart. You need to bow to what God says and so that's really important so what that means ladies and ladies and gentlemen is this if you're finding that your thoughts and you can't distinguish between your thoughts and the Holy Spirit's thoughts pause for a moment allow spend time in the word of God allowing the word to renew your mind renewing the way you think and you see things and you'll begin to realize you will now come and your thoughts will now line up with god's word last scripture and i ladies and gentlemen i'll copy all your questions i promise i will copy the chat because there's some really good ones last scripture for today um to answer that question and it's this let me put this in the chat to everybody. Um, Proverbs chapter 16. One to three. And I will read it in the Amplified Classic version. And that's where we will end tonight. Okay. Proverbs 16, one to three, the Bible said the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Verse three, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with to his will and so shall your plans be established and succeed please keep this in mind when you find your thoughts and the holy spirit thoughts very difficult to determine start with a prayer of surrender that lord i submit to you that lord i can't do this myself i can't achieve it and I choose to say, whichever way you want to go, Lord, I will go. As you do so, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his will 
And that will make a clear distinction between something you're planning and something the Holy Spirit wants you to plan. I hope that really helps. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've run out of time. I'm sorry. I will copy your questions if you don't mind. Um, and we'll, we'll pick things up. So I'll copy your questions. I'll copy the chat. I'll copy your questions and then we'll end. So let's end. We are a few minutes over and I sincerely apologize. Father Almighty God, I ask sincerely for each person listening by chat or by podcast. I pray, my Father, that things concerning the Holy Spirit becomes clear. I pray that from this moment forward, that they will hear your voice with clarity, allowing them to walk as your sons, as the Bible says you would. Eternal Rock of Ages, for those believing God for healing, for those believing God for any other miracle, any requirement, any restoration of family, any restoration of anything that has been taken, I pray and I join my faith with theirs. And I pray in the name of Jesus that, Father, you grant it so that the glory goes to you, but the prayers are answered to your people. Thank you for tonight, Lord. We just give you honor, praise, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.